everyone. I'm Randy Zuckerberg. Welcome to Crypto Cafe, where we embrace newcomers and OGs alike to crypto, NFTs, Web3, and the metaverse. Wow, are we lucky for today's episode. We are going to learn from one of the greatest tutors, thinkers, and most amazing humans in the Web3 space. Uh, this man has won countless awards. He's been named one of the best educators in the space. And every time that I have met him, he just has the, the warmest, most passionate, most friendly vibe. So without further ado, I'm delighted to bring on someone who inspires me and lucky to call a friend, Dr. Hans Boateng, who is the founder of the Royals NFT and the Investing Tutor. Dr. Hans, thank you for joining. Randy, it's such an honor uh, to be here with you. Thank you. I'm so delighted. Okay, so since this is the crypto cafe and we're, you know, I wish we were in a real cafe enjoying a, a beverage together, but we're in a virtual metaverse one. So set the stage, Dr. Hans. What are you drinking or what are you ordering in the crypto cafe? Yes, Randy, uh, such an honor to be here. I am having a caramel latte. Ooh, that's a good choice. I, I love a caramel latte. Uh, well, I can't wait till we're together in person, enjoying one together. Um, Dr. Hans, tell us a little about your background and journey. Where did you grow up and, and where did you become interested in Web3 along the way? So I was born and raised in Ghana, West Africa. I grew up in an upper middle class household. And I like telling this story because in Ghana, right, where if you have parents that went to college, you're automatically in the top 10% as it relates to income. Um, but then, uh, you know, we immigrated to the U.S. around the time where I was getting into college. And in the U.S., we were in the bottom 20% um, in terms of uh, income um, decile. So life in the U.S. started in the Bronx, New York, and I like to share that the only asset I owned back then was a Metro card, right, to be able to <laughs> kind of take the train and, and the bus. It's an and, important um, asset, though. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, as an immigrant or specifically as an African immigrant, uh, my mom, you know, used to tell me, Hans. You know, when you were growing up, you always cared about people. So you should be a doctor, <laughs> right? And, and I look back at that, uh, that phrase. Obviously, you know, to care about someone doesn't limit you to only being a doctor. But uh, there's this mentality of, of, oh, you need to be a doctor, engineer, or lawyer, right? And yep. most often, if you're a female, your parents will encourage you, oh, be a nurse, right? That's been the kind of stereotypical path. But I tell this story because in the U.S., life started in Bronx, New York. Um, we shared an apartment complex with another family, and it was just very, very humble beginnings. And along the way, I met this mentor. He encouraged me to read a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that book led me to another book. And fast forward seven years later, I had read over 400 books and over 40,000 articles on wow. the topic of personal finance, investing, and entrepreneurship. And when I discovered investing, Randy, I said to myself, why did no one throughout my lifetime 
tell me that you can allocate money or capital and the money can grow without you actually having to do like any work. I, I felt I felt really bad that they kept that kind of information from me. So um, sometime during my story, I ended up going to pharmacy school so that I could make my mom happy with a title doctor. So instead of being a, <laughs> you know, a medical doctor, I was like, let me figure out a doctor that talks to a lot of people. So I ended up on pharmacy. <laughs> and when I graduated pharmacy school, I went on and did a path of distinction MBA program at William and Mary in Virginia. And when I got out of that program, that was when I realized most of my colleagues and individuals in my community, right, as immigrants, minorities, we didn't know much about the topic of money and investing. And when I discovered that, I went to Google and I searched investing tutor Mm. or investment tutor. And I was surprised. It came back with, with a search query that proved that there wasn't a single investment tutor in in the country. And I was so surprised. I was like, you mean to tell me there are 300 million plus people in the US and there isn't a single tutor that could teach or educate, right, about investing. And I felt that was a gap that had to, you know, uh, be, be, be uh, fixed because many individuals and underrepresented groups are falling through the cracks as we see kind of uh, the wealth disparity continue to to increase. So that's when I stepped into what I call my calling, right? So I literally retired my, you know, doctor of pharmacy license. Uh, My wife was not happy about that because she married a pharmacist. My parents were confused. (laughs) What are you doing? And and I, I told them that everything makes sense. There's a reason why for the past seven years leading up to that point, I had been reading and learning so much, right? And it was just time to share that information with with people in in my community. And and along that path was when I got introduced to crypto and then Web3. Amazing. Dr. Hans, I'd love to hear some of the most interesting moments in your crypto journey, because I feel like when you're on the front end of something that's so exciting and, and so new, there are a lot of kind of pinch me moments that that happen. And I'd love to hear some of yours. Yeah, Randy, fascinating enough. The most interesting thing that I discovered along my journey was actually it actually happened prior to getting into crypto. And, and this moment was when I kept dismissing crypto and, and Bitcoin. And I, I kept saying, oh, this, this new thing, it's, it's a scam because how can it keep appreciating in value at this kind of rate, right? So I kept on ignoring it, ignoring it. And I remember there was this one time that I, I stumbled upon an article in a journal And it documented how many of the individuals who had invested heavily in tech, right, in the late 90s, many of those individuals were incredibly passionate about crypto. So in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, these individuals understand this technology. They are incredibly, the term is bullish on this. 
why am I so negative about this? Perhaps there's something I'm not seeing. So then that curiosity, curiosity led me down the rabbit hole. And after doing a few months of due diligence, I discovered that this technology is truly life-changing. And for many underrepresented communities, this is really what we've been waiting for. So for me, this that story is the most interesting and fascinating thing that I discovered um, in, you know, in the crypto space. Absolutely. Okay. So now fast forward, you're winning countless awards. You're on stage at NFT NYC being named the number one financial advisor in the crypto space. So obviously a lot happened between you discovering Web3 and now becoming a leading voice. So um, talk to me a little bit about what you're working on right now and how you've grown your own personal brand in the space. Yes, I came into this space with a heart to serve, right? With, with launching the Investing Tutor, I've always been educating, teaching. And um, towards the end of last year, I onboarded close to 2,000 individuals from, you know, underrepresented um, communities. That's, you know, minorities, immigrants, women, and millennials that are not, um, you know, familiar with with um, investing or, or or crypto and once that happened I noticed also around that time that there was a gap and what I mean by this is you know a lot of the very popular nft projects I felt there was something missing they didn't have that factor that I felt, would attract a lot of individuals into the NFT space, right? And, and what I mean by this is I didn't see a lot of diversity in, in, in the NFT projects. And I just felt there had to be something unique and different. And this is when the idea of the Royals came to me. And the Royals NFT, you know, is the first major NFT collection to showcase African culture and African excellence. And the NFT invites holders, right, to visit the African continent. So this year, we're hosting a royal gala in Ghana, West Africa, December 30th. And we are looking to host our royals there. So an in real life experience. And for our NFT holders who cannot join us in Ghana, we're also hosting virtual experiences for them. So the goal was, how do we write on board diverse groups of individuals? So this year, the collection is showcasing Ghanaian culture. Next year, we're going to be uh, showcasing a different culture. For example, we can, uh, we can showcase uh, the culture of India, or we can showcase, uh, you know, the, the, the culture of, of, of um, Mexico, or we can showcase the culture of Japan, right? So, the long-term goal is to be able to really highlight the royal culture of many different countries and in doing so onboard different groups and communities into, into their space. So it, it's always, I've always led with a heart to serve and in a way find how to really bring more 
individuals and groups into this Web3 uh, this Web3 space. So at that moment, receiving the award, I just looked back and I was like, is this real life? Because often you put in so much work and you never see the, the, the results right away, right? And I've learned to be patient in, in seeing the results. And in that moment, I was like, wow. Um, it's finally here. And I was just so grateful, right? Just so, so grateful. One of the, one of the first things I said was like, thank you, God, because um, it was just such a moment where I was just in shock and awe and, and was so grateful for the opportunity. Well, I know so many of us were were rooting for you and and so thrilled for for you to be recognized with those awards. And I really love what you're doing with the Royals because not only are you onboarding people into Web three, but you're also intro- you're making the world smaller. You're introducing people to uh, a culture, a country that might not have necessarily been on their radar, and um, and and bridging that gap. So I think it's it's beautiful, uh, Dr. Hans. I'm curious um, right now we're in a you know a little bit of a dark moment for crypto of course any industry has its ups and downs and the market goes up and down um what are you telling people right now that are coming to you for advice yes such a brilliant question before i dive in into that i also wanted to acknowledge Leah sams uh the artist mm. for the royals right she's an artist in residence at the hug and Leah brought the dream, the vision that I had, right? She brought it out artistically and we are just so grateful to have Leah Sams, you know, um, founder of Power of Women women as as our artist. Um, But to your question, it's been fascinating to see what's been happening in the crypto ecosystem. The simple thing that I'm telling everyone is we, we know and understand that Bitcoin and crypto and even the broader stock market, right? And even the broader economy, there's always cycles, right? The stock market typically has a give and take about an eight to 10 year cycle, right? Uh, 2000 was uh, the dot-com crash. 08, well, 07, 08 was when we saw kind of like the you know real estate um, market crisis, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of eight to ten year cycle with the with the stock market. With crypto and Bitcoin, we have give and take about a three to four year cycle, and it just so happens that uh, we are in that period of the cycle where we're experiencing a downturn. The surprise though, is that many of us in the crypto ecosystem were anticipating, just based on kind of uh, rumors that Bitcoin should have hit about $100,000 for this cycle. Ethereum should have been anywhere between five to 7K. So there's a little bit of a letdown and a disappointment, especially for crypto OGs or individuals who've been in this space for a very long time, right? So for those groups of individuals, I just want to say to them, just acknowledge that it's we're just going through that three to four year cycle. This happens to be that portion of the cycle, which isn't as fun, right? But we're <laughs> going to be on the other end of that cycle uh, really soon. And also, there's been many economic factors that have kind of worsened 
uh, current economic conditions. Inflation is one of them. The current crisis in Ukraine, which is increasing uh, kind of gas prices. The Federal Reserve is undergoing quantitative tightening, which means they are uh, kind of drawing out liquidity or taking out money, right, from the from the system. At the same time, they're also increasing interest rates, right? And if you increase interest rates, it makes borrowing more expensive, so people spend less. So there, there are many factors that are reducing economic activities, meaning, you know, people actually spending a lot of money. And when you have that period of time, individuals aren't bullish. They aren't just buying crypto here and there. So that's the cycle that we're in. But trust me, I would say give and take in about uh, two to four years or so, we're going to be on the other end of the cycle. More than likely, we're going to have more regulation, which is going to lead to an even bigger upswing once we're done with this with this downturn. I love that. I, I feel better already uh, with, with your, your reassurance. Dr. Hans, in our final few minutes together, I'd love to hear a little bit about what's in your wallet. Uh, any NFTs you've collected or uh, cryptocurrencies that you're particularly excited about? I feel like you learn a lot about someone from what's in their wallet. Wow, a phenomenal question. So you're right. You, you know, during the really bullish phase of, of kind of uh, this NFT journey, it's almost like you're tempted to look for projects that will shoot up in value exponentially, right? But even during that period, one thing that stuck with me was buy NFTs of projects where you want to belong or you want to be a part of that community, Right. So right now um, I have, you know, Power of Women uh, NFTs that she drops. I have The Hug. I have Boss Beauties. I have World of Women. I have Ancient Warriors. Um, oh, my gosh. There's there's so many to go through. I have Women Rise NFTs as well. I have... Afropunk, which is an NFT project that's also looking to kind of uh, showcase African culture. I have uh, my BFF. I I recently minted Guava Girls, (laughs) Women and Weapons, um, you know, V Friends, Meta Angels, uh, Curious Addies. So it gives you a general idea of kind of the communities that I want to be in close proximity to, right? And these, many of these communities are just some of the best individuals uh, in this space. And I view this technology, even though it can provide some kind of uh, financial upside, I view it as the opportunities that in terms of relationships that can be built, you know, being a part of NFT communities, I feel that is where the true alpha lies. So one thing that I say to our royals, right, our royal NFT holders is there is no floor price on having the right person in your life, right? How are you going to value a a relationship which unlocks a new business opportunity for you or a new venture capital deal or a new relationship where you get to spend your life with that person, right? What was the floor price of that, right? So um, having people shift their, their frame of reference from um, 
a, a transactional, hey, what's the floor price? What's this? It's more of what are the intangibles that you can get by owning that NFT? Mm, I love that. Okay. So speaking of intangibles, I know we have about two minutes left together. Give us some teasers on what the Ghana New Year's Eve gala will be like, and then we can wrap by uh, letting everyone know where they can reach you. Oh my gosh. I want individuals to imagine the Met Gala infused with African culture where individuals come to Ghana and they get to fully immerse themselves in our, our culture and have an authentic experience of it. So many people might not know this, but we have some of the top musicians and artists performing at the gala. We have a Broadway show happening at the gala. We have a fashion show happening at the gala. We have wow. uh, dancers, you know, Ghanaian and African dancers at the gala. We have so many cuisines. So literally there's going to be more food than there are people because <laughs> we want individuals to be able to just um, really, really uh, fully experience Ghana. We're, we're looking at this as the most, or if I should say one of the most memorable nights of your life. And we want people to walk away knowing that, wow, uh, the royals were able to put together something this classic, even during what people are considering a bear market. And it just goes to show that, uh, once again, you just cannot put a floor price on some intangible and amazing experiences, which certain NFT collections can unlock for you. I love it. Dr. Hans, where can people go to reach you and stay connected? Yes. So you can connect with me on Twitter. I am at investingtutor. So you can find me there. And for anyone who's listening, if you are just passionate about uh, different cultures or perhaps you love specifically, you know, African culture and you want to help showcase and celebrate, uh, you know, African culture, we invite you to join our royal family. And you can uh, find the royals on Twitter at the Royals NFT. Amazing. Well, I know we, I am so happy that our paths crossed in Web3. I look forward to seeing you again in real life. And Dr. Hans, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experiences with us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Randy. It means a lot. That was Dr. Hans Boateng, founder of the Royals NFT and the Investing Tutor. You're listening to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. Tune in next week for a brand new episode.